Create an Unstoppable Life, episode 140. Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. Welcome back. I am so glad that you are here. It is day after the end of the Authenticity, Courage, and Empowerment Conference, and it was powerful. I mean, not good, not great, but incredibly powerful. So thankful for all the women that said yes, for the sponsors that said yes, for the conference team that said yes, to bring an idea into real life. And there is no doubt that connections are made and collaborations will form, and it is exciting to see it all. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the support, those who were there and those who weren't there. We've had many supporters, and that's the way that we were able to keep going. Today is a treat, and it's a treat because Dr. Erin Wiseman is joining us to talk about her talk that was at the ACE conference. It was truly an incredible talk titled Coming Back Better. So she's going to share some details and highlights. She's going to share what she's up to now and the program that she is launching to. Please know this is not an affiliate. There's no payment. There's no exchange of anything other than kindness and support. I truly believe in Erin. She is the real deal. She has so much to offer the world because she has struggled, learned from it, pivoted, and kept going. And that's what makes her an incredible human, an incredible physician, an incredible coach and leader as well. So please enjoy this conversation. What a joy it is to be back with Dr. Erin Wiseman. I'm almost speechless. Like I have so much to say about you, so much to say to you. And I'm not even joking. Erin, you are one of my favorite people. You're real. You're courageous. You have a ton of grit. You lighten the room, you bring joy to others, you lead, you trailblaze. If you have fear, it's not evident. You are overall truly a badass. I'm so glad that you're here. Well, Dina George, it was just a pleasure to spend all last weekend with you and Mr. Dr. George as well. (laughs) So we are fresh off of the Authenticity, Courage, and Empowerment Conference You gave an amazing presentation just a few days ago. You took us on a journey. Like truly, I was captivated. I said to Craig, who was standing in the room, I was like, you can't leave. You have got to listen to this. I'm not even kidding. It was so good. And it's titled Coming Back Better. What can you tell us from your experience about that experience? Yeah. So, you know, we had talked about this conference back in Taos last fall. and. We had kind of been brainstorming buddies about it. So I knew that this felt really special to you. And when I got accepted to speak, I wanted to bring all of it. And I'm somewhat of a closet gunner. So I really prepared really hard for this, probably to the same level that you would a TED Talk. And it was one of those that I knew you had me up on the first day and that it was going to set a tone to the conference. And I kind of already knew that through the marketing you had done and the super secret meetings that we had at Taos, I knew the tone that you wanted. And I also knew what I could bring would be probably like no one else in the room. And so 
my talk was called Coming Back Better. And you don't learn why that's the reason for the talk until the very end. And I really wanted to share with the room because I feel like I beat a dead horse when I told my burnout story over and over and over again. And in the last year, I feel like I'm now in a new chapter. And I wanted to share that new chapter in life, both to show that you can persevere through burnout, that burnout is not the end. It's just like, yeah, it happens. And I also wanted to show like, and you don't have to live a mediocre life after that. This can actually help you rise from the ashes. You can be a more totally whole person from this experience. You don't have to be a victim of burnout. You can be a survivor. And that was really what I wanted to show. I think what's awesome and that you demonstrated so well is that it isn't all or nothing. We assume when we're in the midst of pain that we will never do something again. We'll never go back. We'll never practice medicine. We'll never fill in the blank for anything. And you demonstrated it isn't like that at all. We don't have to slam doors. We don't even have to close doors. We can walk through and we can just decide what comes next. Yeah, it can be like the circular doors at the mall and you just kind of keep walking in a circle. And that's kind of what I demonstrated because one of the people at the welcome dinner had said, you know, oh my God, Aaron Wiseman, you're like an OG of coaching. And it hadn't really like sank in that, yeah, I've been doing this a pretty long time now in comparison to maybe other people in the space. I think that they see my middles and they're comparing it to their beginnings And I really wanted to normalize the journey and that I spoke about it in the different points that I brought up. It's not all sunshines and rainbows. And really, I felt like I unzipped my sternum and like showed my heart in that talk so that then other people through the rest of the conference, I think that happened as well. And also, I definitely broke the seal on F-bombs. They were so (laughs) well-placed. And used in a variety of ways, but it was your lightness of being upfront and your ability to infuse humor, to infuse real emotion, real time emotion, but also the real emotion of the experience as you were going along. And then you paused or you at least came to these points of these learning points or things to remember. Can you share those? Yeah. So I had nine, nine lessons that when I looked back, have really stuck out to me and that I wanted to pass on to everybody at the conference and that I want to pass on to all your listeners today. So lesson number one was reminding that you have done hard things and you will continue to do hard things. You just need to trust yourself. That is a continual lesson that I share with everyone that maybe this hard thing in front of you, you have never done before but like the premise of a hard thing you have done and remembering that. Lesson two was keep trying and lean into your weird. And I talked about, you know, exploring yourself and leaning into your secret passions, your desires, your wishes, and your wants. And I mentioned in there, you know, being a family medicine doctor, you know, like there's people who love colonoscopies and cataracts and I don't like (laughs) eyeballs and buttholes, like, and that's okay. But, you know, I wish I would have started it earlier. And I think that was the point of that lesson was we all need somebody who loves doing colonoscopies. And we need people like me who love taking care of old people's toenails. Like we need to lean into those weirds. As weird as it seems to the world, those are our zones of genius. And then lesson three was, again, the reminder of keep trying. 
And then plan, try, learn, and repeat. It's almost the same cycle like we do and when we're doing practical clinical changes with plan, do, study, act, you know, and really encouraging them that entrepreneurship is that. It's not like medicine. No one dies. You learn to pick yourself up, fall after fall, dust off your face and do it again. And I think too many times we fall and then we like roll around in the dirt for a long time. And we're like, why isn't anybody picking me up? And it's just like, because they're not going to. So either you can make a choice and like lay in the dirt for a while, or you can get up and then decide. I listened to an interview recently, someone who leads a design school, and they shared the best word, prototype. And as an entrepreneur, like when I think about what I'm building as a prototype, and I'm going to see how it solves a problem. And then I'm going to go back to that prototype and evolve it. It's a totally different experience than I have to produce something and it has to be right and it has to meet all the needs. And if it doesn't, then it's rejected and I'm rejected. I think it's holding things more lightly. Okay, I'm going to write this book and it's the first book I've done and I'm going to learn from it. And then, you know, writing the next one or the program or the whatever the widget is, you know, it is. It's just like learning to hold things a lot more lightly because I think in medicine so much, oh, there's so much fear and they're like, I can remember the first time I ordered a CBC and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? It was just a blood draw. But yet, you know, we like attach so much emotional and mental energy and anxiety to it. And so I think a lot of people translate that entrepreneurship. So I wanted to translate that as lesson three. And then lesson four was again, a reminder to keep trying and the CV gap. And where that was when I really started to unzip down and I talked about like, no guys, let me tell you about all the different jobs I've tried since I quit that burnout job. You know, I did ER, I did pioneer in telemed before telemed was cool. I became a jail doctor and really found my love of public health and that, oh my gosh, these are my people. You know, I did family medicine residency teaching as an adjunct faculty and what all that meant. And I talked about so much of each job looking at it as, okay, this is good about me and what this job brings out to me. And like, this is what I won't tolerate. And that really helped to steer my journey to what I felt like was going to be a more permanent fit. Because honestly, the more I sat back, the more I realized that I did kind of have the doctor shape hole in my heart. It wasn't closed up. It wasn't ready to be gone. I wasn't done with medicine. And so by keeping the foot in, I was just reminding people like, it's fine to on your CV. If you have a whole list of jobs and someone asks you about it, you'd be like, yeah, it was a great experience. I tried all these different things rather than going into it with shame and being like, yeah, I know I kind of jumped around, you know, screw that. You're trying to find your fit. If I'm sitting back and getting ready to hire someone, I would much rather see that they've tried things and done things rather than like them staying in a job that they hate. And now they're coming to me and they're totally burnt out. Like, those jobs helped heal me. And then also encourage them to like take the time off. It's always so much better. I am now becoming just such a huge advocator for sabbatical healing. And you need that. And you can justify any gap. You can even volunteer when you're taking time off and that can count towards clinical practice. And like if you do a half day in two months or whatever. So it's just about getting creative and like letting go of that falsehood, which is like, don't have a gap on your resume or CV. For sure. And you've interviewed at least one person recently on Dr. Me First about taking a sabbatical as a single parent, I think. Yeah, it was Dr. Elizabeth Hughes. She's a dermatologist. It's a really great episode to go back 
because I've had so many women who've come to me and they're like, Erin, that's great that you're talking about that, but I'm the breadwinner and I am the only parent. And I remind them like my Mr. Dr. Wiseman, he's a farmer. Like they don't make no money. So essentially, yeah, I'm the breadwinner too. And I get it not having a partner with you. And so, yeah, I brought Elizabeth on to really show, no, this really is possible. And if this is what you need, you cannot just sit back and not listen to it any longer. She quit on a dime. And so I don't always advocate for that, but you learn, you pivot and you figure out what you want. Lesson number five was when you want to run, lean in. And this was really talking about community and talking about wanting to like slam your resignation notice down on the table. And I talked about how the Dr. Me First podcast started. It was totally out of selfish ambition back in 2017, 2018, where I wanted to talk to other women like me because there just wasn't anybody in my community. I knew that I couldn't have been the only one. It's just so important. Like I said, when you want to run away from it all, when you want to just like throw up the middle fingers and just be out, like those are the times to lean into yourself into your community, into your loved ones. Don't evidently lean into the job and put your head down and go harder, but it's like lean into those places that are restorative. Hug those people who are closest to you, hold them tight, have them hold you tight. And that's what you wanna do because I found I was starting to push Craig away. I was starting to push the kids away. That was not what I wanted to do, but it was like a burnout coping mechanism that I see a lot of people do. Yeah, it's amazing what pain does. Yeah. Lesson six was check your ego and learn the pivot. Being from Indiana, I know how to play basketball. (laughs) And so I demonstrated everybody what a pivot. One of our other speakers talked about a pivot is just a dance step, which it definitely is. But I talked a lot about in that one was with my kids and, you know, how low our income got that they actually qualified for public aid and like how that was just a punch in the gut to me that. Here, I was supposed to be the doctor that was taking care of kids on Medicaid. And now state of Indiana is telling me that my kids qualify for this. Like, are you kidding me? Again, like checking the ego and then saying, okay, this is not working. Where's the pivot here? Where's the strong next move? Which led into lesson number seven, which is that when you do that too, you've got to know that I'm the queen of burnout who also got burnt out again in business. And I talked a lot about knowing your red flags and respecting them and what it looks like because burning out is not an if, it's a win. I really feel like that in all people, not just in physicians. I feel like it's across the board. What are those red flags? And after my talk, I had at least two women come up to me and tell me their red flags. And I thought that was really good that they could self-identify like when they know that they're getting a little crispy around the edges. Lesson eight, I talked about seeking help. Again, that isolationism and wanting to isolate and to not acknowledge our humanness, that we too need help and have medical issues and that to seek the help, but then also to have that palms up approach and to accept the help is that last step that must happen because I've seen it many times people will come for a discovery call or they'll get in the Slack group that I have for the badasses and They just kind of lurk when the piece of chocolate is sitting right there in front of them. All they have to do is take it and put it in their mouth. And so I think that was a good reminder, everybody. And then the last lesson was rest if you must, but do not quit. It was a poem that I got decades ago 
from a close college friend. And I read it because it's one that I keep in my desk when it's one of those like head on the desk moments when you're just like, I just don't know anymore. And essentially the the poem talks about when things go wrong as they sometimes will, when the road is trudging, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the deaths are high, when you want to smile, but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but do not quit. With that whole talk, then I also interweaved it with a patient that I took care of through the years and how our journeys intersected in that November of this past year after me being in all those different jobs and exploring entrepreneurship that she showed back up on my schedule. And it was a really amazing homecoming for which she told me, Dr. Wiseman, you've come back better. And I got teary on that. That was not planned whatsoever to have that much emotion, but it came out in those moments for sure. Can you tell folks where you are now? That she ended up on your schedule? Okay, so last summer, I started a new position with an FQHC, a federally qualified health center, working specifically in public health, taking care of folks who need it, either don't have insurance or maybe they have poor insurance plans or they're on state assistance and they can't find a doctor. And about 50% of my practice is also in addiction medicine as well. And it's been something I've absolutely loved doing. It has been an interest of mine. When I was in the jail, I was really interested in it. And I've done all the DEA trainings and kept up my X waiver, but I'm actually really doing it now. So I started that clinic with the support of my organization and they estimated 12 to 15 months that I would be full and I did it in six and a half. So it's been really great. And I went in with boundaries to this new job and said, I can work 16 hours a week. And they came back with an offer. If you work 20, we'll give you partial benefits. And I was like, okay, four extra hours. I think I can do that. And then they actually pushed me up the ladder. And so now I'm the director of our Western division, which is awesome to be in leadership as well. And um, just steadily growing. I think in the next six months, we're going to have a new provider in there with me and we're going to outgrow our clinic pretty quick. And I think it's because of this experience of coming back better. I think what I most take away, because you mentioned in Taos that you were joining this practice and how it was structured, but you really led with boundaries. You led with Mm -hmm. your values. You led with what are the absolute lines that will not be crossed with the intention of this is going to be sustainable from the beginning, not something I get into and then try to figure out how to make it work. Absolutely. And you know, it's already been tried. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. One of my boundaries was 30 minute visits and that's already been pushed on. (laughs) You know, they want me to shorten them. They, of course, want more hours out of me because they know I do good work and it's just not going to happen. I feel for one of the first times in my lives, completely and utterly fulfilled in all quadrants. There's so many things I love about you. One of them is the clarity that you have about the future that you want to lead. Do you mind sharing that with others? Yeah. So I think it's so hard to have those kind of big dreams when you're in the middle of the struggle. And so since rebounding, getting back on my feet, feeling more true to myself than I think I probably ever have, there's just been this creativity and this newness. So, you know, one of the things I hope to get done by the end of my life is I want to own a Dairy Queen. I think it would be absolutely amazing. I want to provide beautiful housing for single moms and families in our rural area in Southern Indiana, where poverty and homelessness is actually a pretty big deal. I also now, because of the job that I'm working, want to provide sober living, 
for anyone who is walking that journey because so many times when you have a criminal record, you can't secure housing like you need to, or there's bias against you. And so, because we know the number one factor that helps in recovery is the feelings of safety. And that comes with employment, housing, and community. And then of course, Wiseman Farms and supporting Mr. Wiseman and all that he's doing. And the real exciting thing is, you know, moving on to the farm in the next year or so, I think it'll be a big transition for our family. I've got a few on Team Wiseman who are not excited yet, but I think they will be as they see the changes that happen to the farmhouse. So it's such a beautiful example of leaning in versus running away, because as you do the work, the internal work, as you set the boundaries and discern what the external work is going to be, what you get to do is dream bigger and start to see the pieces, start to take the steps. So that dream really becomes a reality. Like I totally see all of those things for you. There's no doubt in my mind. You're great. Your courage, your perseverance, like, yeah, of course. You know, and one of the most amazing things after that talk was the palpable emotion in the room. And you came up and gave me a big hug. And it's such a common journey for all of us. I think so many people saw themselves in my talk. And I think that was most helpful. We were standing out in the hallway and I asked you, what did Craig think? And you said, let's go get him and find out. I mean, I think he listens to the podcast a little bit and you've probably shared stories from our adventures together. But like that was his first in-person experience of Aaron Wiseman's ass. What did he say? He said, I have to salute you. Besides the military, you were the only one that I ever heard use the word as an adjective, (laughs) adverb, and verb correctly. (laughs) He said, you had that room in the palm of your hand. And he said, you know, you had us up laughing and you had us down and you brought us circular all the way around. Instead of showing it was a linear journey, you showed that it was more circular in nature. That is fantastic. I think that this is perfect timing to talk about your program. And I want to share with all the listeners that this conversation is not based on an affiliate. This is not based on anything other than working to amplify Erin's reach and her voice, because we know that there are many, many women that will be better served by hearing her voice, either through the podcast, the badass community, or in her newest live course. Can you talk about it? Yeah. So Burnt Out to Badass has been happening for a while, but I took a pause after the last group in 2021. It was like the summer, fall of 2021. One, because of starting a new practice. And you know, you probably should like downregulate some other things when you're starting to get something that big off the ground. But two, I recognized that I had been pushing so hard to tell people like, you need this, you need this, you need this, but you can only lead a horse of water. You can't make them drink. And so I'm hoping now with the long pause to say like, are you ready now? I'm only doing it once this year. Like, do you want to catch me live in person now and spend multiple weeks working on this? Because I don't know if I was making myself too accessible. I don't know if it was just my intensity and eagerness to push, but I actually have just like backed off and said like, this is when I'm going to be here. If you're ready, come meet me. And so it's the curriculum that I developed that I got accreditation from the American Academy of Family Medicine. So, you know, how they credentialed something with the word badass and I don't know, somebody's looking out for me. It's huge because anyone who's a member of AAFP or I think AAFP partners with some other 
physician academies, this is prescribed credit, right? This isn't elective credit. It's prescribed credit. And we need so many prescribed credits every three years to maintain our certification. I mean, it's just a great perk to really take care of yourself because I find so many people don't want to pay for it. But if I'm like, use your CME dollars from your employer or count it as a business expense, like that's not cheating. That's why I did the extra work to do this. But it's pretty much taking all the highest value things that I work with through my one-on-one clients over the past seven to eight years, packaged in one bundle, meeting together. And I think the biggest thing that helps is I am the coach that will come up next to you and just give you the biggest bear hug. There were so many people this weekend that got to experience an Aaron Wiseman hug, but then I'm also going to slap you on the ass and get you moving. No, no, you're not staying here. The pace is forward, no matter how fast or slow the pace is forward. So like, let's get moving girlfriend. And it's not only open to women, it's open to men who feel like they jive with it as well. And I think that's an important thing to mention. If my message resonates with you, you know, you can check it out at Burnt Out to Badass. And I just appreciate you, Dina. I don't do affiliates just because I feel like that's extra work on other people, but just because you're a friend and a colleague and you know, the power of this work, I just appreciate you for elevating it. And, you know, actually there was probably about five different people there who kind of came because of burnt out to badass because I said, you know, like, this is a place you want to be. I'm going to be there. You should be there. And like those relationships, I think are really, really important. And I think that's what the best part of the live course versus just the doing it on your own self pace is the relationship and the building of community. Yeah. Some people might not identify with burnout. I don't know that I did or even recognized it. So the things that I remember feeling were exhausted, mm-hmm. frustrated, angry, <laughs> being defensive, feeling like I had to leave. I have to change this job. I had no idea that it was burnout at the time. Yeah. I call it the D's, E's and F. So if you're discouraged, if you're disappointed, if you're disengaged, E, if you're exhausted and just like no energy is left whatsoever, And if you're F, if you're stuck in fear, you're stuck in flight and you're ready to say F it, I'm done. I mean, that to me is the Aaron Wiseman criteria for burnout. And it's not exclusive to physicians, correct? No, it's absolutely not. Yeah. So anyone to include not employed right now, this program is for. So there's Mm -hmm. lots of ways to get in touch with you. There's lots of Mm -hmm. ways to hear your voice and see how much it resonates, not if, but how much it resonates. That's the Dr. Me First podcast, Mm -hmm. the Burnout to Badass podcast, your email list. Where can folks sign up for that? On the website, go to burntouttobadass.com and that will get you, there's a little clickety box that you can get signed up for it. Right now, you know, we've got a waiting list going. The cart opens actually this week. So when this podcast launched, so no more waiting for people. And then we're going to get rocking and rolling on May 15th. We meet Sundays because I find it's just like a good ease in to the week to start on a fresh note like that. And so, yeah, it's coming up quick. So you can get all those details. Of course, you can email if you have questions or concerns or worries. We're more than happy to answer that at hello at burntouttobadass.com. I love you so much. What else do you want to say? (laughs) I want to hear... Now that you are a day away from the conference as the leader, as the innovator, as the part of the team that envisioned it, was it everything you wanted when you, we were planning it back in Taos? 
it was more. And I think it was so amazing because in the first Thursday night with Joanna Cranston, that was truly authentic. Friday was more authenticity infused with courage. Saturday was a huge abundance of courage. And then it went into the empowerment place, mindfulness, kind of looking at the ingredients of an extraordinary life and then the empowerment panel. So it it was so beautiful how it all infused. Craig and I, we had a glamorous lunch at Taco Cabana today, and we were talking about the conference and just looking at the financial aspect of the conference. And he said, is it worth it? I was like, absolutely, because there was at least one life saved. There's no doubt in my mind lives were changed. And I truly believe that at least one life was saved in that room because of the honesty that came out and because of the stories that were shared. So it was absolutely a fantastic investment in time, resources, energy, bringing our favorite people together for this experience. Absolutely. I think so too. It was good. It was well paced out. As a first time conference, you wouldn't have known. I heard some of the people talking to be like, is this the first one? Yeah, this has been it. And so, you know, another thing that was really interesting is I noticed that you had lots of people coming up and talking to you. What were like a smattering of some of those comments that you were getting? That women had never had an experience like this where they really felt like they could be real. They'd never been to a conference like this. They were sharing stories about the connection from a talk or how they felt during a talk or saying that nobody talks like this. These conversations are essential and they're hidden. And they were really impressed with how Amber and Craig were, they would say yes, and it would get done. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, the other thing that I think was really great that some conferences promote is having it taped so that it can be streamed again or like packaged up. And you guys didn't do that because I've had some people reach out and ask about my talk. And I think that made a big difference. The sharing would have happened. I don't think it would have been the same on video as far as with that. I mean, I was actually kind of relieved. You know me, I'm a true podcaster. Like I don't want to show up on video. I just want my voice heard. And what was the decision behind that? It was looking at it from a financial perspective and what it would have taken to make something like that happen. And then it was also just thinking about what is the utility of having this? How many people really go back and rewatch things? I don't know the answer. I think about conferences that I've attended and I've received the videos and I don't go back. I agree. I think it created more intimacy of conversation. And also there were a few non-physicians in the room, but they were generally there of service. Like the photographer wasn't a physician. She was there of service. Craig or Amber were in there of service, but otherwise the sanctity of the space was preserved. I agree. And I know that there's been some chitty chat in the Physician Coaching Alliance Slack group about you coming, talking and putting on a big conference and all those challenges. (laughs) I'm going to let you debrief for a while, like at least a couple of months, but you are going to have to make a list of what worked, what didn't work, you know, how to go about it, that sort of thing. And so, you know, with that being said, if anybody is thinking about doing a large event, what was the secret sauce? It was having an aligned partner. And that's Don Sears for sure. Having an aligned partner. And we knew each other, but we didn't know each other. And so this was coming together and we locked arms. When there was something that we didn't know the answer to, we decided to either wait and answer it when we had an answer or defer to the one that had real clarity. 
one of the things that Dawn said was, I didn't go down the rabbit hole that she was in and she didn't go down the rabbit hole that I was in, that we each kind of served to yank the other one back to the surface and anchor on those three words, authenticity, courage, and empowerment. Because if we couldn't anchor on those three words, this would have failed miserably. Absolutely. Well, friend, it's so good to have sat with you in real life and got to help you hand out all the swag and all the things. So I so appreciate the invitation and look forward to next year. And I hope others can, I really feel like those who were not there missed out on an incredible thing. And I think that's always sad part for me is when I hear about later when people say, oh my gosh, it looked like such a great time. And it's like, it was, it really, really was. Yeah. I'm so proud to know you. I'm so proud to share the work that you're doing. It truly matters. And I'm so excited to see what the future holds, meaning Taos and the PCA retreat and, and, and. (laughs) I love you. I hope you have an amazing rest of the week and an amazing launch too. Thank you, friend. Bye. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of my world and sharing this journey of continually refining the course towards more fulfillment and towards more freedom. You can find more information about Erin at Burnt Out to Badass. You can also find the podcast that has the same name, as well as the Dr. Me First podcast. Her voice is incredible. Her wisdom is incredible. And this is really just the beginning of what she's up to. So thanks for being here today. I am sending you so much love, and I'll see you next time. Create clarity and simplicity with all of your marketing so that the people you serve know how you can help them. As a StoryBrand certified guide, I help physicians create this to launch or grow any type of business. Sign up for a consult call with me at georgemdcoaching.com.